Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. Merry Christmas to you. Amen. A blessed Christmas to you. This, if you're hearing this on Tuesday on our website, uh, this is Christmas Eve, and we're going to be continuing the message, A Son is Given. It's all about Jesus. It's not just cliche to say Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus is the reason for everything. Praise God. And I'm so glad I know him as my Lord and Savior today. And if you have your Bible, once again, we're going to read the ancient prophecy fulfilled when Christ was born and and particularly fulfilled when he paid our sin debt on the cross. Isaiah 9 and verse 6, for unto us a child is born Unto us a son is given. We stopped right there and we talked about in our previous broadcast here, our our webcast, if you please, Bible study, uh, the fact that God gave His only begotten Son. A Son is given is not about a, a, a sentimental feeling we get when we see the babe in the manger, but the real, genuine reciprocated love that we give when we see Jesus on the cross. That that mighty journey to the cross began in the cradle, but He came in the cradle for one great specific reason, that He might go to the cross and become, when He was born in that cradle, Emmanuel God with us. We want to talk about this man who who came from the Father's bosom. This man who was very God and very man. This man who was God incarnate, God in flesh. We'll read the rest of this prophecy. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And most Bible scholars will agree that Wonderful and Counselor should be one title, one term, Wonderful Counselor. Now, to end the confusion, these are really titles in this sense. His name shall be called Jesus, Yeshua, and he will save his people from their sins. And his name was given uh, to him as Jesus, and to this day his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. But these are the royal titles of Jesus, and this all occurred when he was born. He was born a wonderful counselor. He didn't become one. He didn't go to to some counseling uh, center to uh, and get a degree in, in psychology uh, or uh, or sociology or any of the other degrees out there. He was born the mighty God. He didn't become that. He, he was called the everlasting Father at his birth, uh, in the very beginning. Uh, I, I just, I want to, I can't emphasize that enough. You know, Silent Night was written in 1816 as a poem and has become the most famous Christian carol of all time. The third verse of this great Christmas hymn is filled with great mystery and great truth. 
Listen to it. Silent night, holy night. Son of God, love's pure light. Radiant beams from thy holy face. With the dawn of redeeming grace. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. Years ago, Dottie Rambo wrote a song uh, that included the biblically accurate lyric, His steps did not begin at Bethlehem, and they did not end at Calvary. Praise God. Amen. Micah chapter 5 and verse 2 really uh, brings this into focus. It says, But thou, Bethlehem Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting, or literally from eternity. So when Jesus was born in Bethlehem as a baby, he didn't begin there. He took on flesh there, but he did not begin in Bethlehem. He is from old, even from everlasting, or literally from eternity. Make no mistake about it. Uh, this was no ordinary birth. This was no ordinary baby. This child, born of a virgin, was very God come in flesh. Hence the title. <laughs> Amen. Thou shalt call him Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And his name shall be called here in Isaiah 9, 6, uh, Wonderful Counselor. I put those two together. Most scholars agree. Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. The prophet Isaiah writing 700 years before he was born prophesied that Messiah would have four titles, royal titles, names literally, but royal titles. This verse reveals the four titles for Jesus, and each one unlocks an aspect of his character. They teach us who he is and how he can help you and me today in the 21st century. One of our beloved carols is cast in a form, uh, to, to form rather, a plaintive question. What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? If this day you have that question in your mind, listen to Isaiah's divinely inspired answer. These four names speak to us about wisdom, power, security, and assurance. And number one is wonderful counselor. Literally, this means a wonder of a counselor. It speaks of the wisdom of his plan. The word wonderful means astonishing or extraordinary. The writers of the Old Testament used it for acts of God which man cannot explain nor understand. The word counselor means advisor or, or ideal ruler, literally. In Luke chapter 2, remember, in the New Testament, Luke chapter 2, 42 through 50, listen. Speaking of Christ, before he began his public ministry, and when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem, 
after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the country, went a day's journey. And when they sought him among their kinsfolks and acquaintance, and when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors and hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished. You see, this is this wonderful counselor. They were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that you sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. Dear friends of mine, Jesus is indeed the wonderful counselor. He is therefore the perfect teacher and the ultimate counselor. This gives us insight into his working. His plans are not our plans. His ways are not our ways. You know, the scripture is very clear. God said, my ways are not your ways. (laughs) Amen. My thoughts are not like your thoughts. There is far as the heavens are, above the earth. He will accomplish things, therefore, beyond human comprehension, and He will do it in ways that we could never, ever fathom. He will do the greatest work ever accomplished, and He'll do it successfully. A terrible, terrifying, violent death would not be man's way to victory, but it was God's plan, and it was our Lord that carried it out perfectly at the cross. Let me apply this truth this way. As the wonderful counselor, he gives us perfect direction to his people. Those who follow him will not walk in darkness, but in the blazing light of day. In this tiny baby, we see all the wisdom of God, (laughs) hallelujah, wrapped in swaddling clothes. What child is this? The answer is beautifully brought forth here in Isaiah's prophecy. What child is this? He is the wonderful counselor. Number two, he is the mighty God. This speaks of the power of accomplishment. It's first of all a statement of deity. The baby born in the manger is not just the son of God. He's also God the son. I want to say that again. The baby born in the manger, is not just the Son of God. He's also God the Son. All the fullness of the Godhead dwells in the Lord Jesus Christ. As the ancient creed declare, He is very God of very God that can never be said of any mere human baby. He was very human in His flesh, but very very God as well. Something else important in this title, the word translated mighty is the word gibor, which means strong one or 
the powerful, valiant warrior. Thus the term mighty God is actually a military title. He is the God who fights for his people. Hallelujah. At the incarnation, God took the form of human flesh. The second person of the Godhead, Jesus, took the form of human flesh. That's why one of his names is Emmanuel, God with us. Now take the first two titles together and what do you have? As wonderful counselor, he makes the plans. As the mighty God, he makes the plans work. He brings them to pass. Literally, he watches over, the scriptures tell us, his word. Hallelujah. In order to fulfill it and perform it. All of his wonderful plans will be carried out and all of, with, with all of God's wisdom and all of his infinite might. There is in this little baby all the strength of deity, the power of God in those tiny little hands. He has strength which is divine. The omnipotence of God is at his commands. Whatever he desires, he's going to achieve. Praise God. I like First Timothy 3.16. You know, there's something in the 3.16 scriptures, isn't there? John 3.16. First Timothy 3.16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. This is Jesus that we worship today. Hallelujah. He's the mighty God, the mighty God. When we rely on him, we're relying on God himself. He's the mighty God because we need divine help in our battle. Satan and sin would defeat us every day, but he is the mighty God, and he has went before us. Praise God. In this tiny baby, we see the power of God sleeping on Mary's lap. What child is this? He is the mighty God, wonderful counselor, and he is also the everlasting Father. In the Hebrew, the phrase is literally the Father of Eternity. This speaks of the purpose of His coming. Here's a key phrase. He is Father forever. He is before, above, and beyond time. He's the possessor of eternity. <laughs> he is eternally like a father to His people. This is not a statement about the Trinity, but about the character of our Lord. All that a good father is, Jesus is to his people. And you know, he said this when he was doing his miracles, when he was bringing his message. The words I speak are not my words, but what I hear my father say. And the works I do are not my works, but what I see my father do. In the volume of the book it is written, I came to do thy will, O God. Because he is showing us the Father. That's what the disciples asked him. Wouldn't it show us the Father? And it, it will satisfy us. And he said, have you been with me this long and you haven't seen the Father? When you've seen me and we're seeing him here, you've seen the Father. 
This is not just the character of Christ. It's the very character of God. These are not two separate individuals in the sense of character. They are one. Hallelujah. I and my Father are one. Praise God. There is a Father. There is a Son. There certainly is a Holy Spirit. But these three make up one. They are one in unity and in purpose and in person. Praise God. And because Jesus is like a Father to us, He cares for His people. Because He owns eternity, He can give us eternal life. That's so important for us who live on this sin-cursed planet. No one lives forever. Sooner or later we'll find our own place uh, in the cemetery as far as our bodies. We are not immortal, but transitory. We are here today and we are indeed gone tomorrow. A dead Christ could do us no good. Dying men, dying women. And we're all, I hate to say this, we're all dying. It's appointed unto man once to die. We're aging, marching toward the certainty of death. And dying men need an undying Christ. Hallelujah. In Jesus, we see the full expression of the Father's love for His children. We are assured of His protection and His provision. You see, in this tiny baby, we see the love of God sleeping in a stable. What child is this? He's the everlasting Father. Praise God. What child is this? He is the Prince of Peace. The phrase literally means the Prince whose coming brings peace. This speaks of the effect of His coming. This final title is the climax of all that's gone before. The word prince means something like general of the army. It speaks of his high position. And the word peace here speaks of his intrinsic, basic nature and character. Recently, I read there are raging, more wars raging right now than any time. In, in, in this century. All over the globe, there are ethnic conflicts and tribal wars. Close to home, not a day goes by without a word that someone else has been murdered in Tampa, Florida, and all our major cities. We see so much killing that it no longer surprises us or even bothers us like maybe it should bother us. We've been immune to violence because we live in a violent world. Isaiah 9, 6 tells us that God's plan for world peace is focused on one person. The devil is going to try to, to imitate that and bring the Antichrist onto the scene. And through peace and the promise of peace, of false peace, he's going to deceive many. But the world is ripe for someone to step on the scene and bring peace to this chaotic hateful, murderous world that we live in. And a friend of mine, I want you to know that real peace is not going to occur until the Prince of Peace comes. In the past, His coming made peace with God for those who believe in Him. In the present, those who come to Him find peace in their heart when Jesus comes in. He made peace with God so we could experience the peace of God in our hearts 
and in our lives. You know, Jesus said the real sign of the end is not wars and rumors of wars and distress of nations. That's not the final sign. Actually, he said, he said the final sign would be this. When they cry, peace and safety. When they think peace has been achieved through human agency and human effort and not through the Prince of Peace himself, then shall sudden destruction come upon them as travail upon a woman with child. In the future, his second coming, not his secret coming, the rapture, but his second coming will usher in a kingdom of peace. You see, the methods of Jesus Christ are methods of peace. And the men and women of Christ are people of peace. And the kingdom of Christ is a kingdom of peace. It's not meat or drink, but it's righteousness. It is, it is peace, and it is joy, therefore, in the Holy Ghost. And the principles of Christ are the principles of peace. To know Him is to know blessing and happiness. To live without Him is to be restless, miserable. I like the church signs. Some of them are a little goofy. Some of them are funny, but some of them really speak. I like the church sign out front that has on the marquee, N-O, no Christ, no peace. And then beneath it, it says K-N-O-W, no Christ, K-N-O-W, no peace. In this tiny baby, we see the peace of God welcomed by angels and shepherds. You know, people didn't lay down their weapons and start loving one another when this baby showed up in Jerusalem. They didn't do that when this young man hung and stayed impaled upon that cross. But they're going to do that when he comes to rule and to reign. See, peace is available through Jesus. It's available to you today. It's available to me today. To know Jesus Christ is to know that our sins are forgiven. To know that we've been reconciled unto God. To know that we have been sealed with the Holy Spirit unto the day of redemption. To know where we're going when we draw our last breath. To know who is guiding us and directing us and, and, and listening for us to call on Him in the day of trouble that He might come through and help us. Oh, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Praise God. Amen. The first song of Christmas was sung by all the angels of heaven at the birth of Jesus. And it's in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 9 through 14. It said, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, is born this day. A Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, 
glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward men. Praise God. The message of Christmas is that we can have peace with God through what Jesus has done on the cross for us. Hallelujah. What child is this? He is the Prince of Peace. In this one verse, you have four names of Jesus. And this is what they mean to you and me today. If you are confused, He's the Wonderful Counselor. If you're weak, He's the Mighty God. If you're scared, He's the Everlasting Father. He'll keep you safe. If you're disturbed, He's the Prince of Peace. I want to read something to you in closing today as we celebrate Christmas Eve and get ready for Christmas Day this year. The year was 1809, and a traveler was passing through Kentucky. That's where I'm from, by the way, originally. He stopped at a store and asked, Anything happen around here lately? No, nothing ever happens around here. There was a baby born out at the Lincoln cabin last night. That's all. Just a baby at the Lincoln cabin. Abraham Lincoln. You see, you never know what may happen in the world because a baby was born. A baby with a purpose and destiny. No doubt the innkeeper didn't know who he was turning away. Even Mary couldn't fully imagine what it meant that night. But that baby born in Bethlehem has become the centerpiece of human history. We even divide time itself by His coming, B.C. and A.D., before Christ. Listen, what child is this? He's the Wonderful Counselor. He's the Mighty God. He's the Everlasting Father. And of all of these powerful, personal names, He is the Prince of Peace. And that has become the most popular of all of these titles of Christ because of man's desperate search and desperate need for peace. Peace of mind and the peace of an assurance that even death will not, will not conquer us. Hallelujah. There is peace in the time of trouble. There's peace in the midst of the storm. If we put our trust in the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. There's peace for you who are riddled with guilt and shame, who can't undo this complicated web that you found yourself in of sin and death and destruction. But there's peace in Jesus Christ. Let Him be your Prince of Peace today. You know, the Scripture said the wicked are like the waters of the troubled sea whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, unto the wicked. There is no peace, saith my God, unto the wicked. But, oh, dear friend, today, Jesus is the Prince of Peace, the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, Oh, yes, He is. Indeed, He is. But above all, to meet the human cry for help in this fallen world, 
Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And today, when He was born, the goodwill of God toward men was expressed. He sent a Savior to us. He sent a Savior to us. He sent the perfect sacrifice that would pay the sin dead in full on the cross. A son, a son was given. Thank God a son has been given for you and for me. The moment he arrived on this planet, a son was given. Not just when he hung on the cross and carried out his mission, but the very day that he arrived, as far as God was concerned, a son was given. When Jesus left the Garden of Gethsemane, he set his face like a flint. Literally, there was absolutely no turning back because a son was given. And this dear Son of God was given for you, dear friend, and for me. If you're a Christian, let this be a Thanksgiving Christmas. No, don't go out and buy two turkeys. <laughs> no, listen. Let this be a time of great gratitude and love for God. And if you don't know Him, let this Christmas be your day of salvation. And come to know Christ as your personal Savior. And come back next week and let's talk about Jesus. Jesus.